everyone. Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Wednesday. It is March 2nd. It is 2022. We have eight NBA games to talk about here on today's slate. I am joined by my buddy, Keith Eister. Eyes 819. What's happening, my friend? Oh, man, it's a, it's a sad day. I know you're a, a big baseball guy, as am I. Um, unfortunately, they couldn't come to an agreement. Looks like we're going to lose some regular season games, so... Still not over that. Hopefully they can get something done here fairly quickly and we can get some sort of baseball by the time April ends. But it looks like we're definitely missing some games at this point. I mean, it's just a bad look. Like, figure yeah. figure this stuff out. This stuff should have been figured out weeks, months ago. Like, figure it out. It's not a good look for the sport. And I get it. Like, I get both sides of it. Um, but find a compromise. There, there's yeah. too much money, obviously. It just in general, but it's just not a good look for the sport. You know, it's a sport that, you know, definitely has seen a decrease in like fans and stuff. And like, this is just not a good look. So um, I want him to get it done. I love baseball. I want baseball season to be back, but I love baseball in general, uh, just the game. So I, I just I want it to be on TV. I want to be watching baseball. I want to be talking baseball. So, yeah. For sure. It's, it's really tilting that the lockout started, what, 90 days ago? And it seems like they really didn't even get serious until like two or three days ago. So definitely frustrating, but hopefully we get it here fairly soon. Well, I mean, I feel like both sides are just like, oh, it'll work itself out. And then at the end of the day, like it doesn't work itself out without you working at it. So right. <laughs> like, yep. you got to do some work. <laughs> so. But yeah, I mean, I'm I, I want baseball back. Obviously, um, I love it. Like I said, so. But we got basketball. We get. Uh, I mean, this is like we're getting into the the fun time of basketball. I love playoff basketball for DFS purposes. I love playoff basketball. Uh, rotations are tightened up. Injury news is tightened up. I think that's the biggest thing uh, for me. So, I am excited for playoff season to be coming here very very soon. But. We get started with Charlotte at Cleveland, 215 and a half total in this game. And Cleveland is a three and a half point favorite in this one. Uh, looking at the injury report for Charlotte, Gordon Hayward's out and McDaniels is doubtful. And then on Cleveland, Garland is upgraded to questionable. Levert, Rondo, and Sexton are out. So that's obviously something that we'll be paying attention to. Start with the Charlotte side. What do you like here for Charlotte? This is a really tough matchup. Cleveland's been one of the top defensive teams all season. Um, so I don't really like anything on Charlotte. Of course, you can always play LaMelo, 8,500. That's a fine price for him, but just a really tough matchup. And now Cody Martin has come back and it has taken some minutes. They're not running as tight of a rotation as they were. Just limiting the ceilings on, on guys like Bridges and Ubre makes them tough to play as well. Um, Rozier will sometimes pop off for a, a ceiling game, but he's 7,900. I don't love that price tag. So probably just LaMelo for me in, a, in this tough matchup. I'm not really going to any of the other guys. Yeah. I mean, ceiling wise, I don't ever hate taking shots on like Rozier. I don't play him and LaMelo together, but those are like the two guys that I'll take shots on. And then on the Cleveland side, I, I love this spot. Like I, I love you know, the bigs here, it's just, who do you trust? I think Jared Allen is the que is the answer to that. He's averaging 45 fantasy points in three meetings against this team already this season. Like he's the guy that I think you're looking at as far as the bigs go. 
and waiting to see what kind of happens here. If Garland plays, all right. If he doesn't, you probably take shots on Goodwin even at 6K just because he's going to play 35 minutes and he continues to show like his upside with assists and, and points and even on the defensive side. Yeah, Goodwin has been really, really good when he's been given the opportunity. So if Garland is out, I'm, I definitely have interest in that. I know the price is up, but he's shown us he can pay that off. No problem. This is a great matchup against Charlotte. So definitely don't mind good, Goodwin at 6K if Garland is out. And you're, you're spot on with that Allen call. Um, I was like, man, we haven't seen much of a ceiling out of Allen here recently. And I was looking through his game logs. He had 62 and a half DK points against Charlotte the last time out. They've, Charlotte's just bad against big men. This is a great spot for Allen. So love that call. Um, I don't mind Kevin Love off the bench. Maybe you could take some shots on him if Garland is out as well, just because of the matchup. Um, but that's probably about it for me. All right, moving on. We got the Pacers at the Magic. 232 total in this game. The Magic opened as a three-point favorite. It's down one and a half most places now. On the Pacers side, Duarte's questionable. McConnell and Rubio out. Lance Stevens questionable. Quint questionable. Miles Turner and TJ Warren out. And on the Magic side, Jonathan Isaac and Morris Wagner are out. The Magic are getting very close to being full strength. Um, let's start here with the Pacers. What do you like here for Indiana? That Halliburton price tag at 8,800 feels pricey, especially with Brogdon returning. Um, I was looking into it a little bit. Brogdon playing hasn't really affected Halliburton's rates and things like that. He's, he's just played really well, even with Brogdon in the lineup. So I don't mind taking some shots on Halliburton. Pretty good matchup here against Orlando. Um, Buddy Heald's been shooting the ball a ton. Again, uh, the price tag that's been up because of his usage without Brogdon. So just probably a little bit overpriced, but I don't mind him in this matchup. And then Brogdon, we have to see what the minutes look like. Um, a guy who missed a bunch of time and then came back. He did get up to 30 minutes or right around 30 minutes in two of the games that he came back for. Um, so, I mean, if he's going to play 30 minutes, I think he's in play at that $7,100 tag too. Yeah. I mean, Brogdon at 7,100 against the magic is kind of juicy. I agree with that. Halliburton 8,800. I think he's just a little too pricey, especially if Brogdon's going to play in this game. And then on the Orlando side, I mean, we were all kind of wondering what was going to happen with Fultz. He played 16 minutes. He looked great. He really did. Um, I think we kind of see around the same minutes. I don't think there's really anybody that, I mean, there's no reason for them to push him. And, but I do think like Terrence Ross, Gary Harris, these guys took a hit and I think we're going to see really tight rotations as far as like, no one getting like 35 minutes for the magic here. I guess really loose rotations would be the be better way. Yeah. Similar to what the Thunder do. Like they're just kind of in evaluation mode. So they're going to play a bunch of guys, a decent amount of minutes, but probably not enough minutes to where we can find a ceiling here. I mean, the price tag that looks decent is Jalen Suggs. He was uh, 27 minutes in the last game. The game before that, he only played 15, but he was in, in big foul trouble. So I don't know, Jalen Suggs maybe, but yeah, faults coming back kind of messes up the guard rotations. Um, it's, it's difficult to play anyone on Orlando right now. Yeah. I mean, I think you can still take tournament shots on Wendell Carter jr. Or Mo Bamba and more Mo Bamba just because of his price. If they are going to give him run, 
Um, he's someone that I always love. You know, I talked about him last time in this matchup. And, you know, they these two teams just played Magic one by 16, and Mobamba had a really good game for his price. He only got a little little increase, so I don't mind going back to him in this spot. But the Magic are a very, very tournament only type of team and the ceilings are just so low that i mean they're one of these teams you're not going to really play a lot of new york at philadelphia 223 and a half total in this one philly is a 10 and a half point favorite obviously this is one of the games that we kind of have red flagged as far as games staying close um looking at the Knicks side first Derek Rose and Kimba Walker are out. And then as far as Philly goes, they're good to go. There's no one on the injury report as, outside of some G League players. So Quentin Grimes is out too, right? Yeah, he's out. I yep. missed that one. So um, looking at the Knicks, I mean, Burks, Fournier, quickly, they're going to need to play minutes with the really thin guard kind of rotation. I think quickly is the guy that I'm looking at the most in this spot, just because I think even if this game doesn't stay close, he probably still gets plenty of minutes. Um, Barrett, if the game stays close, I think he has the ceiling. So, I mean, if you're looking at maybe playing a Harden or an Embiid, I think you run it back with Barrett on the Knicks side or Randall, I guess. Yeah. I, I like the quickly call. He got a little bit more run in that last game. I agree with you that, that I think he's blowout proof and he should get his full run either way. Um, Randall really has taken a dip. Like he, he was smashing there for several games in a row while Barrett was out. Barrett comes back, and he's, he's back to the same old unproducing Randall. So Barrett's the only one I really have interest in. He's been playing outstanding. Don't mind that price tag. Really tough matchup against Philly, but 7,500. Uh, he's shown us a big ceiling here recently, so Barrett would be the primary target for me. And then on the Philadelphia side, we saw a huge game against the Knicks last time out for James Harden. I think he's just happy to be out of Brooklyn. Um, and he's happy in New York for now. I mean, this is a guy that it's hot or cold, I feel like, with him. But listen, the assists both games have been there. This offense seems like it's going to be fully focused on Embiid and Harden. So, I mean, I don't hate tournament shots on either one of these guys. But I think the guy that takes the biggest and humongous hit here is Tobias Harris. Uh, he's going to be 5K before the end of the season. Um, I don't think Maxi takes a huge hit. I think he kind of benefits from Harden because Maxi, it seems like he's better as like an off guard and can kind of let Harden do his thing. So it's going to open up some open shots and open looks for him. So I'd, those would be the three guys that I'd be looking at here from Philadelphia. Yep, I, I agree with those three exactly. Um, not a game environment that I love. So I, I do like some other plays better than Embiid and Harden. Obviously, either one of them could go off at any point. So I'll play some in tournaments. I don't think any of them are going to be like top priorities for me. Um, but obviously, big ceilings there can definitely play some of them. And I, I noticed that on Maxi too. He's actually played really well with Harden here. Um, 16 shots in the first game with Harden and 14 shots in the last game with Harden. So he, he definitely has a big role still in this offense. Um, I think he's playable as well. Um, I don't really have anything else. I really think that's kind of where you focus your Philly. And again, I think if you're playing Embiid or Harden, you're running it back with like RJ Barrett or quickly, or even both. Um, because, 
you really want this game to stay close. You know, we're, we're definitely worried about, you know, this game not staying close, especially being in Philly. So, I mean, I think if you're targeting these high-priced players, you, you really want to kind of game stack it. Yep, I agree with that. Utah at Houston is where we go next. 232 total in this one, and the Jazz are a 13-point favorite. Injury report, Houston second end of a back-to-back. Utah good to go. Kevin Porter Jr. did not play Tuesday dealing with the ankle. Don't know if anything else is going to come from that game. I don't know if it's over yet. I'll check real quick. But um, the Utah side, fantastic matchup. Obviously, the biggest concern is does this game stay close enough for your players to get their full run? What are your thoughts here on Utah? Yeah, I, I love Mitchell and Gobert in this spot because of the matchup. A little bit of blowout risk, obviously, but um, I'm still going to play some. Just Houston plays so fast. Um, they don't guard big men at all. Um, so I, I think either Mitchell or Gobert can definitely find a big ceiling game here, uh, even if it gets away from them. As long as they get like a little bit of run in that fourth quarter, obviously if they sit the whole fourth quarter, you might be in trouble. But um, they could be winning by 20 and still get a little bit of run in that fourth quarter. So I, I do like Mitchell and Gobert a good amount. Um, I don't generally like to play other guys on Utah, but this matchup is as good as it gets. So Clarkson would be the guy. I have a little bit of interest here. Um, and that's if the game does blow out, he might get even more run than he does uh, typically. So I don't mind some shots on Clarkson. Not a guy I play a ton of, but uh, with this great matchup, I'll, I'll take some shots on him. Yeah, and I mean, like he's a ceiling type of guy. This is a matchup that, you know, he could get three, four steals and, you know, have that big 40-plus fantasy point game. So I like the Clarkson call a lot. On the Houston side, the game is over. And, I mean, we saw a good game from, like, Jalen Green. Josh Christopher had a good game in, like, 22 minutes against the Clippers. I don't think I really want to look into that too much, but – I mean, the guy that Sengun, like he has the ceiling. It's just all about minutes. And if you think that Christian Wood is going to struggle against Rudy Gobert and potentially get into foul trouble, maybe that's when you like take the shot here on Sengun. But overall, I don't love Houston in this spot outside of maybe just a run back or two. But this is one of those least favorite games on the slate because I don't expect it to stay close at all. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, Schroeder was coming off a, a chalk night and just busted horribly in that one. So even if Porter's out, I'm not sure I want to go back to it, especially with this matchup against Utah. Um, maybe some Jay Sean Tate. Uh, just play. I'm probably going to be looking for one Houston guy to run back on the other side of Gobert or Mitchell. Um, I don't mind Jalen Green, Jay Sean Tate possibly, but yeah, it's it's difficult. Miami at Milwaukee. This game is currently sitting at a two twenty-four and a half total, and Milwaukee the five-point favorite as far as the injury report goes. Kyle Lowry is out. Markeith Morris, Old Depot out. Caleb Martin is questionable, and then on the Milwaukee side, Pat Cunnington, George Hill, Brooke Lopez all out. So, starting with Miami, I mean, it seems like on paper this is a good spot for Bam. Um, he's 8,700, which is a little pricey, but they don't really have anyone to like fully match up with Bam. 
I mean, Bobby Portis is there, but I don't know necessarily if Bobby Portis matches up well with Bam. So I kind of like Bam in this spot. And I mean, I don't ever hate Butler in a competitive, uber competitive game like this. Um, and the other guy that I just want to mention before I throw it over to you is like Vincent's 4,200 and he's probably going to play 30 minutes in this game with Lowry out. Yeah, th- those are the the three guys I had uh, highlighted here as well. Jimmy's rates earlier in the season when Lowry was missing time were outstanding. These last two games, he hasn't quite gotten there. So I don't know what's going on with Jimmy. Theoretically, this is a good spot where he could see a bump in assist rate running the point a little bit more, a little bit more usage without Lowry on the floor. Um, haven't seen it the last two games from Butler, but it, I'll probably take some shots here and just hope that he he goes off um, against a good Milwaukee team. Uh, I, I do like your Bam call. I think it, he's he's the guy with the, the best matchup here. Um, Portis not not great on the defensive end. Vincent way too cheap. Completely agree with that. And I don't mind shots on on Hero. We've seen him get hot and put up a ton of shots at times as well. So sixty five hundred with with no Lowry. I think there's some ceiling there. And then the Milwaukee side, I mean, Giannis is probably the highest. I mean, between him and Jokic are like the high end Booker. Like they're the highest like floor slash ceiling plays. I mean, I love this spot for Giannis. I I think if this game stays competitive, he could have a big game. He's kind of struggled in both meetings this season against Miami. He's 12-2. He's expensive, but I mean – he, he usually typically gives you a really high floor. Yeah, for sure. And he's playable in any matchup. Uh, Miami is good on the defensive end, but Giannis can, can smash anybody. So 12-2 is a big ask. Um, I don't mind it. I, I'm not sure how popular these spend-ups are going to be on this slate. Depends on what kind of value I get that we get, I suppose. Um, don't mind Giannis, but I, I don't know. First glance, not not my favorite spot on the slate. Outside of Giannis, I mean, Middleton, with everyone healthy, I just I hate paying the price tag for him. I think, like, if I was going to play someone, it'd probably be Drew because I could see him having, like, a triple-double type upside night in this matchup, especially against, like, a young guard like Vincent. So I don't mind, like, maybe taking shots on Drew. But if I'm not playing Giannis, I'm probably going to play Drew or – neither and then i really don't think i want to play bobby portis in this spot but i could also see bobby portis like extending bam a little bit in this game and having a good game so i mean i don't think he's the worst tournament play either yeah i'm i'm not high on the rest of the bucks hardly at all i just miami's a good defense lowry being out probably does hurt their defense a little bit but butler's still an excellent defender bam's pretty good um, so just just a tough matchup for Milwaukee here. Um, it's it's probably just Giannis for me. Sacramento at New Orleans. This game currently sitting at a two thirty five and a half total, and the Pelicans are a four and a half point favorite. On the Kings side, Terrence Davis is out. Rashawn Holmes is questionable. On the Pelicans side, Larry Nance and Zion are out. So. Starting here with the Kings, am I crazy? But like De'Aaron Fox is kind of cheap 
he's had like three good games out of his last four. He's playing 40 minutes a night, it seems like. And he's 8,100, which seems a little cheap. Yeah, I agree with you. He's he's kind of turned it around. He's playing well with Sabonis. I think that that combination uh, is working for the Kings. So I don't mind that at all. I, the Pelicans are not a matchup that scares me. Um, Fox obviously has dealt with some inconsistencies, but I think the Sabonis addition has helped him. Um, I agree with you. I, I like Fox a good amount. As far as Sabonis, I mean, this, this should be a good matchup here uh, against the Pelicans. He's shown a decent ceiling with the Kings, but I don't know. I, there, there are some other players I prefer in the 9K range, but I don't mind Sabonis. Uh, I'll, I'll have a little bit, but not, not a top priority. I think Fox is the play from the Kings. I yeah. really do, just because of his price, especially on DraftKings. I, I think Fox is the guy you're looking at. And, like, I mean, I think in tournaments you could take shots on Jeremy Lamb. I, I really think they want to play him, like, 30 minutes a night and the, the Thunder game just kind of get out of hand. Uh, that Denver game is first game. Um, the game guy kind of got out of hand. So I think Jeremy Lamb uh, in a competitive game, they want to give him 30 minutes. He's 4,200. And I think he is someone and DiVincenzo, like those are like tournament, large field tournament plays because of their price. And the game environment's fantastic here. So on the Pelican side, I mean, McCollum is going to shoot a lot every night. He's 9,000. He's expensive. So I don't mind him. I think Ingram is a little still a little too pricey with McCollum there. And I don't love the spot for Valanchunas at 8K. So, I mean, I don't hate it, but I think it's a different dynamic with Sabonis there for Sacramento now than what it was all season. If you look at like fantasy points allowed and you look at the year, they're like 28th, 29th, or so second or third most. And you look at like, since the bonus has been there and it's been a lot better. So, you know, you just got to kind of look at that stuff. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. Um, I still think it's a, it's an all right matchup. And you mentioned the game environment, pretty big total here. So I, I do have some interest in this Pelican side. Uh, like the McCollum price tag is, it feels tough, but he, he's been shooting a ton, all kinds of usage. He's putting up some rebounds and assists as well. I'll probably chase McCollum a little bit just for, for that shot volume. And I think Ingram is kind of turning a corner here. Like when he was playing with uh, McCollum for the first couple of games, there was a definite struggle and an adjustment period, but he's looked a lot better in the last two, in my opinion. So I don't mind Ingram at 7,900. Okay. No, I listen, I hear you. Um, I don't know if I want to play any of the cheap guys from the Pelicans. I think if I was going to take a shot on anybody, it'd probably be Herb Jones. I think there's going to be better value on this slate than doing that though. Yeah, I agree with you. Herb's going to play the minutes for sure. Just not a big producer per minute. Thunder going up against the nuggets two twenty-five total in this game. And the nuggets are a 13 point favorites. Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. remain out. And then on the Thunder side, Dort, Giddy, Jerome, Mascala, Robinson Earl, Aaron Wiggins, and Kendrick Williams are out. So, I mean, on the Thunder side, we've just seen massive usage here for SGA with Giddy and Dort out. And then, I mean, I still don't mind taking shots on like a Trey Mann 
he's someone that I like to play. Um, what are your thoughts here in the Thunder? Yeah, I love SGA just because of what we've seen without Giddy and Dort. Um, he's up to 10K now, but he's, I mean, his usage is justifying that price tag. Going into Denver, not the easiest matchup in the world. So we'll be interested to see where the ownership shakes out on SGA. Um, but I'll, I'll probably be playing him regardless, even if he, he gets a little bit popular. Um, outside of that, I mean, Pokovuski, Pokashevsky. Yeah. I mean, it's such a, it's such an interesting name. Um, I mean, if he's going to get 30 minutes of run 25, 30 minutes of run, we really haven't, it's so tough to kind of judge his minutes, but I think he's someone you could take tournament shots on at 4,100. Um, maybe I'll learn his name before the next slate. And then, like, Maldon is 3,200. Do you think, like, he's worth another, like, tournament flyer? Because in a close game, he probably plays 18 to 20 minutes. In a blowout, he probably plays, like, 25 to 30 minutes. So, I mean, is there downside? Sure, he could put up five fantasy points. The upside, though, is, like, 25, 30 at 3,200. Yeah, I thought he would have got a little bit more run in their last one. Um, I believe Wiggins left early. I'm checking out. Yeah, he only played Wiggins played nine minutes in that last one. I thought Maladon would have got a little bit more run in that game. So it was surprised to see him top out at 19 minutes. But I don't hate that call. They they're really thin in the backcourt now with Wiggins out, um, Ty Jerome, and then obviously Gideon Dort. So he's kind of the only one left there. I I don't hate that at all. Yeah, I mean, he he played nine first half minutes the other night and 10 second half minutes. So if that even, even if that equals, and like when the game got really out of hand late, um, he was on the court for the last two or three minutes there. So, I mean, I think he's worth some tournament exposure for sure. The price, the, the upside, um, I interested to see like what his projected ownership is just because he's so cheap. On the Denver side, I mean, if you're playing this game as it's going to be close and competitive, Jokic, you know, he's not priced up enough. <laughs> like it's a, <laughs> it's a matchup with the Thunder. My biggest concern, obviously, is a blowout. These guys are all kind of expensive. Um, you know, I'm not too worried about like the Demarcus Cousins thing. I do think he was interesting when he was 3K, but now he's up to 4,500. I think the price is a little too high. Um, and, and like Jeff Green, Bones Highland, these guys just not playing enough minutes. I think you're you're kind of looking at Jokic for a close game or staying away from Denver. Yeah, who is going to stop Jokic here? Um, it's definitely not going to be yeah, nobody that the Thunder have. That's for Good sure. luck, Baisley. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Have fun. Um, he's going to absolutely smash for three quarters. Uh, whether he gets any run in the fourth quarter is going to, pretty much determine whether he he scores 70 dk points or not but i think the the Jokic sga stack is phenomenal for tournaments i'll i'll have some of that just in case sga is able to go off again and keep this game close um but like i said i'm not sure how much i'm going to be spending up here just because i don't love the the game environment for Giannis and the, tons of blowout risk here for Jokic. we finish it out with portland at Phoenix 227 and a half total in this one. 
The Suns are a 13-point favorite, so a lot of double-digit favorites on this slate. On the Portland side, Eric Bledsoe, Joe Ingles, Damian Lillard, Little, Nurkic, and Winslow are out. And on the Phoenix side, Chris Paul and Sarge and Kaminsky are out. So starting here with Portland, I mean, one of the reasons that Phoenix is just such a big favorite here is because everyone is out um, for Portland, but it definitely opens up some minutes. So I think we're, we're looking at Simons and Hart, obviously towards the top, but I think we're looking at like Ebanks, um, Ellaby, maybe even like tournament flyer on like Greg Brown. Cause even if the game doesn't stay close, he's going to get minutes. Brandon Williams is probably going to get minutes. Like all of these Portland players, outside of like Simons and Hart are, are cheap. Yeah. I have a lot of interest here in Portland. Um, Phoenix has been great on defense all season long. I think Chris Paul being out does hurt them a little bit though. Um, obviously they still have some great defenders. I'm not saying that this is like a, an outstanding matchup or anything, but Portland is just a little bit underpriced. Um, Simons has had massive usage. Hart has played really well. So I, I do like both of them as far as like mid-tier guys on Portland. And I'm going to keep chasing this value as well. Um, Eubanks is the guy that we've seen get the most run here recently. Price is up to 4,300. I still think he's very much in play at that price tag. We saw 29 minutes in the last game from him. Um, He should grab the start again. So I definitely like him. And then the rest of these guys, I think it's just going to be a hot hand approach and whoever's playing well is going to get the run. We saw Keon Johnson start the last game. Definitely going to be keeping an eye on the starting lineups and see who's in there. Um, But even if, like you mentioned, Greg Brown doesn't start or Watford doesn't start, I still have interest in in all of these guys. And I'm just going to mix and match and and just limit my total number of them on a certain team. So just like group group them out. Like I'll probably group Watford and Brown together and only play one of them in any lineup. But I'll definitely be taking tons of shots on them. Somebody down here in this 3k range is going to run into some extra minutes and and pay off that price tag for sure. Yeah. And like you can use like these guys can be in multiple groups too. When you're using lineup HQ, you can put them in a group where, you know, you might play a couple of the bigs or a few of the bigs together, um, like a Watford and a Ebanks and, and maybe like a Greg Brown where you like limit it to say one. Um, and, I, you know, ceiling wise, it's probably what you want to do. And then, you know, all right, well, now I'm going to take shots on Johnson and Brandon Williams and, you know, guys like that, Ellaby, and I want to limit it as well. And then you can kind of put them in the same group and limit the overall exposure to, hey, I want to play two guys from Portland Max. And that way, you know, you can kind of or or and put Simons and Hart. You know, there's so many things that you can do lineup construction-wise with um, groups on HQ to build this out. Um, so, you know, chase your ceiling with Portland here and, and think about the situation. Phoenix probably crushes them in this game. Devin Booker probably gets a lot of ownership. Where can I be different in this game? And uh, I mean, I like Aiton and Booker in this game. I think they both just absolutely smash in this game. If the game stays close, I mean, Cam Johnson in this game too. Like this is a good spot for the Phoenix side. Yeah, their their prices still haven't fully adjusted. Um, Booker, that role without Chris Paul, running a lot more point guard, um, has see, have seen the assist rate come up. Obviously a f- fantastic matchup here against Port- 
Cleveland. I absolutely love Booker. Um, Cam Johnson would be the second guy I'd look to. See, we've seen him start in the absence of Paul, and he's had a couple of big games. Uh, definitely like that call. Bridges, I think, is fine, too, at 6K. Um, just going – like, I'm going to have a ton of Phoenix exposure. Just this game in general, I think, is going to be my highest exposed game by by a good margin. Um, just tons of interest all over. Oh, there's so much upside in this game. There really is. Yep. A lot of downside and a lot of risk in this game, too. Um, let's play the morning grind game, and then we will get out of here. Favorite play under 5K to go 7X. Who do you like? Just talked about the Blazers. I'll go with Eubanks. Um, just, I think he has the best matchup. Uh, Aiton hasn't been great on the defensive end, so I like Eubanks at 4,300. Ebanks, baby. Um, any of my Florida people will get why I call him Ebanks. <laughs> I mean, I think I'm going to save him for my Let's Get Weird GPP play of the day. So I'm going to – I think I'm just going to go – I think I'm going to go Brandon Williams at 3,200. I like it. It's kind of risky, yep. but, I mean, 7X is not too crazy either. Over 8K to go under 5X. Who's your bust of the day? Uh, give me Julius Randle, 9,400, tough matchup with Philly. We just, when RJ Barrett has been in there, Randle just hasn't, hasn't seen the ceiling. Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to take. I'm going to take Donovan Mitchell and just more of, I don't expect this game to stay close enough for him to hit his ceiling. So I'm probably not going to play him. Who's your favorite six X play today? I'm going to go with Brandon Ingram. I think um, he's just kind of figuring out how to play next to CJ and that duo can uh, put up some points in a hurry. So love, love the matchup with Sacramento. Give me random Brandon Ingram. I'm going to go to Aaron Fox. I think he's too cheap. Um, I love this spot for him. Like you said, he's, he's been playing really good he's meshing with Sabonis. He's playing big minutes every single night. Like the game last game against the thunder, it kind of got out of hand late, but I mean, he still played 41 minutes in that game. Um, and they, they could have, Definitely pulled him out a few more minutes earlier. So he's just playing a bunch of minutes right now. I'm going to do De'Aaron Fox. Let's get weird GPP play of the day. Who do you got today? Uh, with Brogdon coming back, I don't think anybody's going to play Halliburton at 8,800. This is a, a good spot against Orlando. So I'm going to I'm going to chase what we've seen so far while he's played next to Brogdon. Haven't, hasn't seen much of a hit in his rates or anything. So give me some Halliburton. I like it. I'm going to go Theo Malden. At 3,200, I don't think anyone is going to play him today. And he could easily get five minutes. I think he gets closer to 20 to 25 minutes in this game. Uh, I think they're just so thin that he's going to need to play the minutes. Um, so I think I'm going to go Maldon as my Let's Get Weird GPP play of the day. Uh, any any bets or anything standing out to you here the night before? Um, that total on that Utah-Houston game is sitting at 232 when I looked. If this game gets away from Houston, like we think that it will, I don't see Utah just keeping the pedal on the gas here. So, and Houston's on a back-to-back as well. Houston might not put up 90 points in this one. Uh, Give me the under in Utah, Houston. I like it. I mean, I like the magic minus one and a half. I I hate the magic minus one and a half because I want them to lose games, but I think, I think this line's a little soft. Uh, it opened at three. It got bet the other way. Um, and I think it's just 
Like it's a good spot for Orlando. They're getting they're super healthy right now, and I mean they just beat Indiana by sixteen, you know, two nights ago. So I think one and a half is a fair value. And I mean, I don't even hate Cleveland at minus three and a half against Charlotte, but I think the Magic minus one and a half is the bet that I like more though. So Keith, any uh, final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, lots of big spreads on this slate. So um, definitely if you're playing some of the studs like Booker or um, Donovan Mitchell, make sure you're, you run that back with somebody on the other team. Um, if the, if the game stays close, they're going to be the reason for it. So somebody like Jay Sean Tate for Houston um, just, yeah, make sure you mix in those run backs and don't be, don't be scared to play the guys in the blowout or the projected blowout. Yeah. I mean, can't predict blowouts. Anything can happen. Any of these big favorites could lose the game. So don't be afraid. It's going to wrap it up here for Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow talking hoops. Be on the lookout. We're going to be posting a interview podcast that I did. Um, I recorded earlier today that I got to edit and put up, but it's with DS DFS accounting services. Uh, so Make sure you're checking that out. It's that time of the year. And um, I asked them a lot of the questions that I get asked and hopefully it will help you if you did get like a 1099 um, from FanDuel or DraftKings this year. So be on the lookout for that. That'll be out today, Wednesday as well. So check that out. Good luck, everyone. We will see you again tomorrow.